Welcome to the very first episode of the Guillotine Press. This is a podcast dedicated to music harder than your mom's Poison album or your dad's White Snake album. <laughs> so, as you can tell, this is going to be a podcast based on hard rock and heavy metal. Yeah. Um, I'm Josh. Yeah. I'm joined by my two great pals and also big metal and hard rock enthusiasts, Brooks, Brian Brooks, actually, and Travis Yabara. Hello, you little goblins. Hello. So, guys, uh, I guess just the first thing is this has been a long time coming, right? We've oh, yeah. talked about creating a music podcast. We're all passionate about music in general, um, but more so the hard rock and heavy metal scene. Yeah, All of us sure. have been lifelong fans, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Travis is known in the podcast game already. Um, a little horror. His... <laughs> yeah, he's a... A horror guy with horrifying my friends. So, if you've caught that already and he recognizes a pretty voice, then um, <laughs> yeah, that's who he is. But I guess we should just kind of get started. Like, how did this come to be? Like, you know, it's been a few months in the making, even maybe a year or so in the mm-hmm. making since you started horrifying my friends. Just, you know, I'm even trying to think about, you know, when this really like kind of started. You know. Yeah. So as soon as we started that pod, I was. Uh, honestly, um, as soon as we started that, I was looking for the next thing. I was looking to start the next one. And the original idea was like shock rocked. And then we bounced around a couple ideas, but I knew I've always been a fan of friends talking about like something that they love. And that's something that we always bonded about like that metal show and like a bunch of other like rock shows like that and horror talk shows where it's just friends talking about stuff that they love. And that's, that's kind of how that idea started, man. And it was a couple months go by. And today I was kind of like, I kind of pulled a dick move today cause I posted on Facebook and I was just like recording tonight. And I was like, all right, we can't back out. Cause I got that hair <laughs> in my ass and I was like, Oh, is it hair on the ass or hair in my ass? Maybe it's in my ass. Hair of the ass? Yeah. <laughs> I don't hey, know. you're definitely over 30 now, but yeah. it's probably in. <laughs> yeah, it's probably my fucking prostate <laughs> with cancer. <laughs> like it, But I was just like, either we do it now or we don't do it ever. So I'm like, we got to fucking do it. But yeah, Brooks, what do you think about, like, what did you, what do you take from that? Or what did you think about that? Well, I was, uh, I mean, me and you've kind of been talking and we all kind of talked over the weekend. Um, that like this is something that we just need to get off our ass and do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we started talking about this like months ago. Like we yeah. even had our first like real kind of sit down about planning. I mean, it was yeah, it might have still been winter. I mean, we're recording right at end of May right now. Yeah, it was like right along the time uh, we were all still new- locked down. Yeah, it was yeah. like that new Architects album and a couple other albums. I think we were just like chilling in my basement and we were just saying like, all right, what do we want to do? What like what is our format going to be? What you know, we were even kind of like rough outlining the first couple episodes of what they can potentially look like. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're not even following one of those no. outlines tonight. We've already changed no. everything since then. Hell, I think we've changed this whole first episode in the last 48 hours. Yeah, but the thing so. is, is like getting to know us, getting to know the three guys, and um, and, and you know that metal show is something that we're gonna bring up a lot because obviously I'm we're big fans of all three of those guys, but it's like it it's some, kind of similar because it's like we're all three into into different scenes in different like eras and different stuff. Like we all three listen to different channels on Sirius and you know shit like that, but. Josh, why don't we uh, why don't we tell them what they're in store for today? Like, what's the meat of the episode today? So today we're going to get into the three albums that really got us into hard rock and heavy metal, which I'm guessing it's going to be a pretty diverse uh, mix of albums for each of us because we each have different tastes, right? Maybe, so, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not though. But I think that's yeah. that's kind of why we wanted to do it. Start off this way is get let everybody know because a lot of our listeners are going to be people. people people that we already know but there's gonna be a lot of new people so if you don't know us or know what we're all about maybe giving you a few albums that we love 
gives you a little insight into what we're kind of down with. Yeah, there's going to be some people that are like, look at these elitists. And then there's going to be people right. like, these guys are just posers. There's going to be some people. But oh, like, I'm definitely a poser. Like, where's, <laughs> where's Crazy Town? Where's Crazy Town? Where's, uh, where's, uh, where's, where's Hootie and the Blowfish? <laughs> as, the as, blowfish. I, as I'm sitting here wearing a brand new t-shirt that I just got, a ba- brand new band shirt. <laughs> it's a Deftones, though, so that's cool. It is. It's awesome. And yeah. you got it for me for my birthday, so that's right. legit. Oh, Aww. that's how sweet. It's that's so a, cute. This has turned into a love fest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to hate each other and make it entertaining <laughs> at the very least. But yeah, so, and I think we'll also get into, you know, some other shenanigans today. We'll probably argue, and one of us will probably get into a fight with the other, so. Yeah, so later on the show, we're going to we're gonna have, like, a, a an album battle. So what we're going to do is, like, set a timer and, like, um, like, uh, probably, like, ten De- minutes, like, five, minutes. Debate the merits of... Of yeah. uh, and this is something that we're gonna make a regular regular segment is yeah like an album battle we don't have like an official name for what the, we're gonna call that but um like today it's gonna be uh we're gonna be going down Slipknot Lane mm-hmm. going with the uh, debut uh, self titled album versus their sophomore uh, masterpiece Iowa yeah so we're gonna be discussing compare contrast. both are masterpieces don't give away the uh well in the yeah, oh, don't, don't, don't be. brooks is already like <laughs> no 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 uh, yeah oh well in the original don't get ahead of yourself and the original idea was to uh pit the debut slipknot against the debut corn but i didn't want to have to embarrass josh so like that was <laughs> that was like the where, where we were like uh let's kind of move away from that because josh you know we'll flip the table and yeah. we'd put out this He'd podcast and uh everybody would hear travis say the you know, corn issues is better than, you know, Iowa by Slipknot, and people would just trash him on Twitter. Oh, oh, he's already already yeah, lighting a fire. It is, by the way. He's like, I know we're. He's like, I know we're not having that conversation, but I'm just letting you know what Travis. Thinks. It is, by the way. Uh, objectively speaking, <laughs> objectively speaking, I think everybody goes with Iowa. But yeah, so let's go around. Mm-hmm. Josh, do you want to start since you're kind of the head, the the tip of this cock? Why don't you mm-hmm. start? With uh, the with first your album. number three, yeah, your number three okay. album, and let's let's go ahead and hear this poser motherfucker. Go ahead and read it off. So the first album, I'm going back to the earliest one. I'm going there with a go. uh, Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. Oh, really? I think that's uh, you know, one of the albums that really, I think for a lot of metal fans or you know heavy music fans in general, it's you know one of two bands. It's probably either or I guess three. It's Kiss, Metallica. Black yeah. Sabbath. I think those yeah. one of those three bands are usually the origins of every metal fan's fandom, right? So did you say Zeppelin, or did what, did you throw Zeppelin Zeppelin's in? in there too? I would say yeah, for Zeppelin sure. almost made my list, and I had yeah. to cut it off. Yeah, I think you know just Master of Reality. I mean, a lot of people are either Master of Reality fans or they're um, Sabotage or Sabbath mm-hmm. Bloody Sabbath fans. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm a you know, a master of reality guy in general. Mm-hmm. So that album to me is just very, and Travis, I know we talk in horrifying my friends about doom metal when you ask me yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, Black Sabbath's very doom metal and the origins oh, yeah. of doom metal day back then. And even the greatest aspects of heavy metal in general date back to Black Sabbath. Oh, fuck yeah. So it's, there is no heavy metal without fucking Black Sabbath. Yeah. And I think some of their best songs are on that album, Into the Void, uh, Sweet Leaf, yeah. you know, Children of the Grave. <sighs> You know, Don't tell me about the pussy ass Beatles <laughs> for fucking heavy metal, man. It's Black Sabbath. Yeah, man. Black Sabbath for me was that's the along with another band I'll get to here in a few. That's like the band that mm-hmm. I trace back a lot of. You know, it's it's hard to go straight away from Ozzy when you're talking about heavy music too. When were you first introduced to that record? Master of Reality, I think, mm-hmm. was probably. I was I had to have been like eight or nine years old, probably. I mean, you get from your dad. I don't think it was from my dad. I think I just like, you know, you hear like paranoid on the radio, and then I think I picked up the CD. It was like I picked up. uh, It was the only one in there, so it was Black Sabbath, Master of Reality on CD, and Kiss Double Platinum Mm -hmm. were like the first two CDs that I bought. Mm -hmm. But and and Jewel. All right, was, so number three, Master of Reality. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, and just one more thing, you know, the Tony Iommi, the master, oh, yeah. the godfather of the riff, the heavy metal riff is, you know, it's it's been 
they've tried to duplicate it and replicate it, but it's never been done like Tony Iommi can do it. So, yeah, man, Master of Reality is incredible. It's a masterpiece. My favorite Sabbath album. Okay, so with my number three, so this my number three was the toughest one for me. Um, I had Zeppelin Four here was originally here. So my father introduced me to Zeppelin Four, and then I almost had System of a Down Toxicity here as well. But none of those, I went with, my number three is a band that I really kind of, you have those bands that are like fundamental, like you just mentioned Black Sabbath, early age bands, and those would be my number one and two. But this band I discovered in high school and stuff, when all the Breaking Benjamins and the Event Sevenfolds and like that scene was really, really big and I was diving back into the past. But this is Tool Anima. Mm. So Stink Fist, Jimmy, 46 and 2, H, Hooker with a Penis. Like I um, dug into their stuff. I used to wear a Tool shirt fucking all the time to high school. Like, but it got, also got me into that. Um, like, as you know, I get into like a little bit of progressive rock like tool kind of throws a bunch of shit like every like a tool record is kind of like there's a little bit of industrial there's like heavy metal there's fucking you know there's a lot of different influences in tool record i know you're a big tool fan i know i know brooks fucking hates tool but... no i don't hate tool well you like the classic stuff yeah so this just, would be the classics yeah stuff. yeah i don't i don't i'm not a guy that like gets into into tools you're like, like all right whatever i hear I, yeah. I hear and that's good enough for me you're like all right it's six minutes into the track can we start playing or playing yeah that fucking guitar or can something? we get on with it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that had to be uh number three had to be tool for me because that's like i really like that shaped my musical int- interests and stuff like that so good pick nice yeah so i'm kind of going on um Three for me was super duper hard too because, um, like my history of metal is not as uh deep as you two because I was kind of a late bloomer and I'm still blooming to this day. <laughs> um, I probably didn't, you know, it's like I was a classic like high schooler with like an identity crisis of like pitbull fan. Definitely. Oh, dude. Like, I was in a popular crowd in high school, and it was like, you know, you want to listen to what everybody else listens to, but at the core, I knew that I was a hard rocker Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I had, you know, it was like a denial of what I, it was like, do I listen? Denial. do Do I listen to what I actually love, or do I listen to what will, like, keep me in good graces with the cool kids? Mm hmm. It was a terrible, uh, rom com in play Mm -hmm. but anywho um so a lot of my metal was kind of like self-discovery and it had happened a lot later Mm -hmm. um in time but this when that when i first when i got into this album it was like a truly like a like a turning point and it it was newer at the time um because just going over today it was released in 2002 when i was 17 and that's when i was like that's when i finally started getting into kind of like the being comfortable in your own skin part of your life like becoming mm-hmm. a senior getting ready to go off to college and i was like oh, you know what i'm gonna be me you know fuck everybody else and uh that album that did it for me was Mudvayne, uh Ooh. the end of all things to come and it was hit me baby one more time by britney Spears. that was a definitely close second yeah interesting so Mudvayne, Mudvayne, Mudvayne was a was big for me and you know like i've even even that today like i can be honest and say like i don't know their entire catalog like in depth like fuck i barely know any band's catalog in depth Mm -hmm. like i'll just level with you right now Mm -hmm. like outside of a couple core bands like i Mm -hmm. i like a lot of a little i like a little bit of a lot of things Mm -hmm. and you know you guys like really once you get into something you'll like really dive in all the way whereas i whether i don't put in the time or effort or whatever it is but i rarely do that but um, and hell, even Mudvayne's one of those bands. I don't really know their whole catalog very well, but this album was very key for me. And I, when it came out, I was like all about it. <laughs> but yeah, like a key, like turning point in your self discovery or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, shit, you had songs not falling, mercy, mercy, severity, world so cold. I mean, just fucking world so, so yeah. I've always loved world so oh, cold. Oh yeah. yeah, and I love I love his fucking voice too, man. Uh-huh. Like he sounds like he's about to lose it at any moment because he's always just so raspy. And, yeah. Remember like, when we saw Hell Yeah at um, um, 
what was that? Uh, was that Rock on the Range? Rock on the Range, yeah. We didn't yeah. even know that it was him. We didn't yeah. even know that was his band. Yeah, and until he like started early playing. On too, like when we were getting kind of like way back into the scene and shit. And like hell 20, yeah, wasn't a. It was like 2015 or so. Yeah. 16, something like that. Yeah, like I knew I knew Mudvayne was broken up and shit, but I had I had no clue who the fuck Hell Yeah was. And it, that Hell Yeah is such a shitty name for a band anyway. But yeah, were you a big Mudvayne guy back in the day? I did like Mudvayne. Um, I wasn't a big fan. I was, you know, a big fan, or not or not a big fan, but I was a fan of their first album. Um, but I didn't get into them too, get into them too much. You were more like My Chemical Romance back then, weren't you? No, no. Yeah, I was. did like My Chemical Romance at one point, though. <laughs> yeah, I think they was. got some good albums, but and whatever. But, um, <laughs> He's like, cut this. <laughs> yeah, please, don't, panicking. please don't hear this. <laughs> we're cutting this. For those, but, uh, because this is an audio only, the sweats are real right yeah, now. Yeah, he was panicking. He, he's, there's yeah. definitely some quivering. No, I was into better new metal bands. Uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Shots no, fired. But, but like, Shots uh, fired. Brooks, I... I I don't think that that's something that you need to be ashamed of, though. Of like, no, I don't give a fuck what Josh thinks. No, I mean like, um, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> of always blossoming, always like, uh, nobody. And that's the thing. There are a lot of gatekeepers, like um, in the metal community my, for yeah, sure. There's a there are a lot of gatekeepers and shit like that in the metal community and like the something that I've dealt with, like the horror community. And mm-hmm. it's like everyone is always discovering new shit. Mm-hmm. Like. If I uh, if I put like a list together of stuff that I've discovered in the last five years, it's like wasps catalog, like rat, like you know. Uh, yeah, like I mean, I've, there's a lot of like older bands that I'm still have yet to really get into, yeah. dive into. Yeah, like I I have, and that's that's kind of been my problem too, because like you, Travis, you're really big into like the '70s and '80s stuff, mm-hmm. whereas I'm like through no purpose or intention i just end up really hyper focused on what's new mm-hmm. and that's good as i belch after my third beer in 20 minutes <laughs> um that's a good dichotomy though that we bring yeah. is it's like i'm like listening to too fast for love for like the eighth time like you know the the eighth hundredth time or like you know uh, kickstart my heart like going through motley Crue's catalog like again and again you know what i mean but yeah, I think that's like that's never something to be ashamed of of like just keeping discovering. And that's honestly that's main one of the main my main motivators for doing this is like I wanted to lean on you two guys to like help me learn about mm-hmm. what I've like missed or you know mm-hmm. like oh yeah you might bring up a band that I've kind of listened to but like oh I need to really get into that a lot more. So that's that's kind of a big you know motivator for me. So mm-hmm. you know. I think it's important to, like, I think I was one of those gatekeepers at one point. You know, it's, heavy metal is such a, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's such a a, a niche thing that you want to keep dear to yourself and you don't want anybody else to, like, have it in a way. Mm -hmm. And I felt that way for the longest time until I realized how stupid and immature it was. Like, uh, like I, I would just make fun of bands because I thought they were lame and I thought they were like posers or, you know, throw the word out there. And, you know, it's like, you find out that it's not cool. Um, well, unless I, you're I, making fun of like five finger death punch or something, <laughs> then, then we're cool. Yeah. But it's just like, I started realizing that, you know, people, and this is getting a little like deep and not funny, but yeah, you realize that people like different stuff. Right. Yeah, so, for sure. And I mean, like nowadays I would never like be the gatekeeper or the metal elitist. Yeah. I mean, especially in a genre too that like, I think yeah. the genre is doing well, but the fact that it's not broadly accepted still, I mean, you see every year when it's like award season, Eddie Trunk will on there's always a Twitter rampage coming from Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just because like all these bands just get no love and you know they'll best rock album, best metal album, they don't even sniff the airtime. They don't even know? air it. They don't, they don't even, even air it. it. And the it's thing like, is, man, do you realize how many people are at these shows and how many? You know, sale. I mean, there's, there's, you go to every show we go to is jam packed. Like, mm-hmm. there's no like oh, people yeah. love this shit. And I just like I came across as like saying that I I don't want to be snobby about metal and music anymore. But I'm kind of happy that it's not like recognized at these big award shows. Right. I just like like let this like let heavy music be the underground music. You know what I mean? Right. Like, let it be. He's going in hipster mode. Yeah, I know. I, I, I liked I just, it before. Listen to this motherfucker I that said, was just I, telling me that Slipknot was better than Corn the other night. 
<laughs> all this other shit. Listen to this uh, dude. They are, but a lot of people agree. <laughs> Listen no, to this um, dude. <laughs> I got the documents to prove it. But uh, yeah, man, like I, part of me feels like these guys deserve the recognition. These guys and girls deserve the recognition. But part of me is also like, let's just let this be for the people who are passionate about it. Right. You know, don't let it just, don't let it become watered down. You know what I mean? Like right. a lot of music becomes watered down when it becomes very mainstream. Well, and it's just like culture, the culture changes and uh, rap is just the king right now. In yeah. the 90s, uh, like we were just talking before Heath got here, like Corn, Stained, all these bands were MTV bands. They were mm-hmm. fucking huge, like rap is now. Which I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine that being yeah, the just case now. Times change. It's crazy. Yeah. And like I like all genres and all types of music. I know we all do. We all like all different types of music. The thing about hard rock and heavy metal is that it was never really accepted by anyone. Like you sh- like people would get made fun of for liking heavy metal in school. Mm-hmm. Because it was never like heavy metal was never like I guess in the 80s hair metal was cool. Yeah. But like heavy metal like Travis you weren't getting like high fives for wearing a tool shirt. No, well yeah, and see in the 80s like if you were wearing a Metallica shirt like I don't know if it, unless you were like, you know, uh like small and shit, if you were wearing a Metallica shirt you'd probably get picked on and stuff. Yeah, cuz they're but, like, "Hey, yeah. why don't you go pick up the new Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi?" Yeah, right. Ooh. Like, you know, <laughs> put right. away Ride the Lightning. Listen yeah. to but Slippery it, When Wet. But anyway, so Let's get back to the list, shall mm-hmm. we? So you're number two, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll go to number two. This is... Uh, <laughs> and so you went on like a 20-minute tangent there about the fucking... Uh, number two, I'm going with... Yeah, this is going to be so cliche. Oh, here we go. Master of Puppets by Metallica. It's... A fucking poser. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. such a poser, dude. How could you not put that on your list if you're you know, a heavy music fan? I don't understand where you. I mean, it's the, it's the perfect heavy metal album, mm-hmm. perfect thrash metal album. Mm-hmm. It's a masterpiece from start to finish. I mean, starting with Battery, ending with Damage Incorporated. How could you go wrong? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, even the in between, the thing that um, should not be. I tell you what, I was fucking. I had the uh, speaker blaring at work the other night or um, yesterday, for uh, Orion. It's just like, that is such a fucking groove, dude. And like, it's like very emotional because you realize that that was the last masterpiece for Cliff Burton. Mm-hmm. So. No, I just, I, and the reason I'm calling you a poser is because, uh, see, I think that when we, people of our generation, and we're all like 30, you know, something like that, like around that, that age, I discovered Metallica through the Black Album. Mm-hmm. It, like the Black Album, Load, Reload. And then went back. But Josh. But I, I found Master of Puppets because of my dad. Right. No. My I, dad and I would go fishing and he had I'm it not on blasting and you. he had it on cassette. I'm and not we, blasting you. No, I know. No, and we had it on cassette and when I would get tired, we would go night fishing and fish the whole night. And when I would get tired as a little kid, I'd go sit in the truck and take a nap and listen to Holier than that. Master of Puppets. <laughs> 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 no. Holier than that. It's a good song, though. You are. The Black Album is a killer you, album, you. though, too, man. People no, give that nuts. a lot of flack for being the album that sent to mainstream, but it's a killer album. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's my number two um, uh, Metallica, the Black Album. Uh, not my favorite Metallica album, but is- I'll just make that clear. Uh, Master of Puppets. <laughs> a poser, bud. <laughs> no, it's got to be. I mean, Master of Puppets is their poser. best album. <laughs> it is, though. A poser. We agree on Ma- that. Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning is their best album. But I'm saying the Black Album is what got me into Metallica because I'm like, okay, what's this album with the with the uh, Don't Tread on Me snake that you can barely see in the you know in, in the dark corner like all an all black album. This is a actually comes from my dad. My dad introduced me to this to Metallica through, and this is actually weird that this is like the era of Metallica that my dad loves is the black album load and reload. That's like what he loves. He fucking loves that shit. I didn't know Probably because, that music. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Dad, my dad's the one that introduced me to Metallica and Led Zeppelin. Tool. Um, no, <laughs> no. Uh, he also introduced me to like James Brown, Motown stuff. That's cool. War. Um, 
all that stuff. Like war? A, no war. <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> dude. I was about to say I had to do a double take. Like what? Yeah, I could just see you and your dad listening to war and going yeah. to war shows. So he introduced it like uh, San Carlos Santana. Like awesome. he introduced me to all kinds of shit. He was a big guitar guy, I think. Like because he he was a big fan of Guns N' Roses. Stevie too. Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Like okay. yeah, definitely. Like he was a big Guns N' Roses guy, so that, that's why how, how I met them too. Like came across them, but yeah, Metallica Black album, man. Like like we talked about, I could never hear Inner Sandman again, and I could be happy. But like a lot of people give that album shit. Like, but there are some heavy fucking tracks on that album, like Sad but True and Wherever I May Roam. Don't tread on me. I feel I feel like people that shit on the Black album just want to hate it because it's so great. And because that was like uh, no. their that was like their like jumping off point into being a mainstream yeah, phenomenon. That's mm-hmm. why people hate it. People hate it because were they calling them like sellouts and shit? It's I like mean, not my Metallica. That's anymore, what Metallica. Right? That's Metallica used to be this thrash metal band. Yeah, and they went away. It's no longer thrash metal. Like they cut songs down from being nine uh-huh. minutes long to yeah. Being very radio friendly, radio friendly, you know, <laughs> three, four minute songs. Granted, there are some songs that are longer, but you know, it's not a thrash metal album. Mm-hmm. It's a hard rock album. But doesn't right. that say, a heavy but metal like, album. at the same time, that says something for a band that they can adapt and change. Yeah, for sure, and still be phenomenal. That's like, the thing. That yeah. that right there tells you how amazing of a band they are. People mistake changing your sound to sucking. Which there are some bands that change their sound and they're definitely not as good as they used to be. I think that that's a, 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 an objective take. But mm-hmm. I think also sometimes when a band changes their sound, it's great. And I think Metallica mm-hmm. is you know proof of that. I mean, just because it's not fight fire with fire and now it's the Unforgiven. You know, I, the Unforgiven is incredible to, too. Yeah, it, and I agree to a point. Like when we're getting into Lulu and St. Anger... Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, but a, a lot of band. To be fair, a lot of great bands have those kind of albums where mm-hmm. it's like we're working shit out. Like, clearly, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, and it's like, hey, let the artists do what they want to do. Whatever refuels them to come back and then give us, um, you know, what's their new album? Hardwired. Albums. But yeah, Hardwired. Hardwired Hard- is great. Hardwired was a great album. And it's like yeah. whatever they needed to do. And uh, Death Magnetic wasn't bad either, by the way. Yeah. Go back and listen to that, listeners. If the you return know. of the solos. Yeah. I mean, Death Magnetic's a solid fucking record. Yeah. But yeah. I think also, and one more thing, if you don't like new Metallica, just go back to the old material. There it I is. I mean, it's just like that simple. If yeah, you and when you go to a show, they're only going to play like <laughs> two or three new songs anyway. If so you don't like Hardwired, go listen to Master of Puppets. Yeah. yeah. There it is. <laughs> I mean, there it I mean, is. So yeah, my number two, Metallica, the Black Album. Brooks? All right, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to skip ahead to my number one, yeah. just because uh, we can gloss over it. Because my number one was a deba- an internal debate between Master of Puppets and Black Album. Okay, so we I don't got to we don't need to rehash. Yeah, but I you know my takes came in that same conversation, but that Metallica was actually my number one. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess with that, I'll just go backtrack to my number two then. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert: more new metal. Um, <laughs> because again, this was I'm, the era that got you into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is it. Like, we're talking about what got you into it. This yeah. is it. It was new metal that did it for me. You have to remember, Brooks is fifty-five years old. Yes, and <laughs> he was. A, I'm thirty-six, going on eighty-two. Yeah. He was at the height of when Lincoln Park and Corn and Limp Biscuit were. Dude, I kings had. Of the it's rock. funny you say that, and this is definitely a little bit of a tangent. I fucking had a friend who like handed me Lincoln Park and was like, "Dude, hybrid theory," and he was like, "Listen to this." Yeah. Oh, hybrid theory, man! Hybrid and then I went, I went yeah. home and played it, and my brains were all over this, all over the walls yeah. of my room. The, th- the funny thing about that album, not to interrupt you, Brooks, but like, no, it's cool. They blew up overnight. Yeah, dude. And to this day, to this day, probably one of the more impressive concerts I've ever been to is Lincoln Park. I've always because heard I never got to see him. Chester, I saw. I mean, I saw them when I was in high school. And I mean, they were just just getting started. The Family Values tour? No, no, what I don't even it? remember who I who I saw them with. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't even remember if they headlined or not. Like they might have opened for somebody, but that was like right not long after um, Hybrid Theory. I like I'm pretty sure Hybrid Theory was all they had at that point. Maybe me Meteora. I don't remember. 
Because what hybrid theory was what ninety nine ninety nine or so? Meteor was what a one oh two. So I was in I was in high school, so it was definitely somewhere between ninety nine and oh three. Yeah. So I don't remember if I saw it pre or post Meteora, um, but Chester was easily the most amazing rock vocalist I've ever seen live. Mm-hmm. That I've dude, it was like turning on a record. That dude was so fucking good. And, yeah. like, I remember half the concert was, like, a crowd sing-along. Like, everybody knew every word to every song, and he would just turn the mic, and it would be, you know, like, when oh, yeah. they turn the mic and the crowd mm-hmm. sings it, you just get chills. He did that in every friggin' song, and it was, like, it was amazing. It was truly, like, an awesome experience. Like, one of my first, like, awe-inspiring concerts that I've ever been to. That's one regret that I have is not seeing Linkin Park in concert, because I always heard Chester Bennington was incredible live. Mm-hmm. And very sad, man. Gone too soon, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. A very sad Not thing. For sure. like, Definitely. So was that your album? No, uh, it wasn't. Oh, okay. It was just kind of going on a tangent oh, okay. of like <laughs> somebody handed, because he was like making yeah. a joke about Linkin Park. Um, but yeah, my number two, you know, placing in the one slot out of default um, was Corn Follow the Leader. <sighs> a great Corn. album. Yes, Fuck sir. A great album. Like, this was, I mean, you got to remember, like, like we said, I am a senior citizen, essentially. Yeah, he just got his AARP card. Yeah, I'm getting, like, the fanny pack and everything. Yeah, and see, like, I think the w- the reason we... We d- talked about this mm-hmm. before we started. Yeah, the, and it's like, I grew up with an older brother and stuff, so it's like, mm-hmm. when Corn hit in 94, it was like, they're the, they were the biggest fucking thing, mm-hmm. like, in town kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's why we hold Corn to more like um uh reverence or whatever it's a higher I'm, esteem yeah because it's like they kind of um started that like new way like that new metal kind of thing new new metal wave mm-hmm. literally with that first song blind off that first album but like yeah follow the leader dude is a fucking classic album yeah and that came out in 98 when i was 13 years old so like a seventh eighth grader mm-hmm and then that was just like, and that's the thing that was before, like I was really comfortable in being like the hard rock guy, mm-hmm. but like me and you talked about before we even started recording hell. I don't, Josh, I don't even think you were here yet, but that was in that day, like MTV was very MTV like, was king. MTV was king, mm. but they also played a shit ton of rock and yeah. hard rock. And like, I remember like I would come home from school go to my grandma's house just so I can try to catch the end of TRL mm-hmm. and pray that corn was in like the top three. Cause that's all I would see. Did TRL play corn? Oh, oh yeah. Dude, Did they, really? they played yeah. all yeah. that new metal. Well, shit. um, Limp Bizkit was always on there. Corn was on there. Corn was huge, dude. Like, dude, um, then they were always like at the top. So mm-hmm. like when I got home from school and they were, you know, I only got to see like the top five or whatever it was. Cause it was obviously a top 10 list. Corn was always at the top. It'd be freak on a like freak on a leash is still like that music video. Iconic. I think we watched in film class because it's like it was one of the first times it would it had been like POV bullet like yeah. going through stuff. And, it's an iconic music video, man. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's like say what you will about the song being overplayed and stuff like that. <sighs> yeah. Dude, but still, I can listen to that song anytime. Yeah, but still, some like bangers on that album, like you know Justin and uh, the one of my favorites on that album is actually um, uh, uh, Children of the Corn with Ice Cube. Dude, that song is dope. <laughs> dude, it's fucking dope, man. I mean, dude, just like just the first six songs. Yeah, you're not even skipping. It starts with "It's On." Yeah, awesome. They play that at like every show. Freak on a Leash, Got the Life, Dead Bodies Everywhere, yeah. Children of the Corn, BBK. Yeah, and, and then you got All in the Family. Not far after that, Justin. I mean, pff. yeah, this, Just, album's, this album's disgusting. Justin's heavy as hell. And I, I see what mm-hmm. I always liked. I may or may not have Corn on my list coming up. What I always liked about Corn though is like um, that they kind of. They've never really given a fuck about like um like they've always been a band that's changed up their style. Like if you go record to record, like um That's an understatement. With Skrillex, I mean they made that album with Skrillex, but but even like um even in their earlier stuff though, like mm-hmm. that song Daddy, it's like it's like what, 16 minutes and it's like a fucking horror film. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that song is messed up. They have like some Dark songs, man. Dark clown. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then that music video, he's like, 
he's like sitting on a floor, like looking into a mirror and you listen to some of those lyrics and it's really about like his child abuse and like all this yeah. other stuff. And it's like, holy shit, man, they're not afraid yeah. to go there. It's mm. um, a lot of those corn. Some of those corn songs, man, are like, like daddy, especially is yeah. sometimes hard to listen to. Yeah. And you go like, like you think about freak on a leash, freak on a leash. Isn't like it gets heavy. But it doesn't like Mm-mm. it doesn't like start heavy and stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. very it's very bassy and you know like just like kind of groovy. Like it's kind of like mm-hmm. groovy like metal or I, I don't know like how to describe it. But yeah, it's not like all all heavy all the time really. But that's like, that's but new that's metal corn. though. That's yeah. new metal too. Yeah, you know the evil beatboxing. <clears throat> yeah, that boom ba ba That shit's iconic. I mean, Jonathan Davis is iconic frontman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. So yeah, there's my list. I'm in conclusion. So <laughs> for my number one, it was incredibly difficult for me. Was it? I doubt that. It was. Oh, I'll give you the other no, one wasn't. that I was going to say, but number one is Nirvana's Nevermind. Okay, Ooh. don't give it. Don't give the other one that you were going to say though, because you told me, and I don't want you to say it. Okay. Told, okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> Grunge was one of my first loves mm-hmm. with like thrash, you know. Mm-hmm. Grunge was, I was a little kid. Grunge was over. There was the post grunge, you know. There were bands like Godsmack coming out. You know those post grunge bands. Whatever. <laughs> those post grunge bands were out. Creed, those you know those kind of bands, but <laughs> those amazing bands. <laughs> That's debatable, but but um. Yeah, man, Nevermind by Nirvana was, it's such an important album in my life because it's never gotten stale. It's never gotten yeah, old. still sounds fresh. It still sounds fresh. You could put that album out today brand new and people would have their minds blown. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like weird. And I, it, I can't remember who brought that up at work. I think it might have been Gonzo. And this is one of the most... Is it, Gonzo might come up a couple times in the show. A notorious, yeah, personality in Travis's life. <laughs> but he he said that, and I was like, that is kind of profound because he was like, he was like, um, everything that they've made really like sounds modern. Yeah, and I was like, it really does though. Like, like you go back and listen to like even like Pearl Jam. Like Pearl Jam sounds like something like of that time, in my opinion. Yeah. Whereas like Nirvana stuff, like Lounge Act. And mm-hmm. stuff and uh, um, uh, breed, yeah. yeah, breed for instance, yeah. It sounds like modern, like rock, like you could play yeah, that it's, on the station. It's like super heavy, but even stuff like Come As You Are, which mm-hmm. I know it's overplayed, but like if you put that out today, mm-hmm. it would be huge. Nirvana's Nevermind, from start to finish, I do not skip a track, I do not hate a track, I love no. all of it. I mean, from literally. From start to finish, that album is perfect. Okay, so don't take my Nirvana card. Doesn't it end with something in the way? Or does it end with... Uh, There's a hidden track on there. Okay. Something in the way has always been like one of my favorite tracks of all time. Yeah. To be honest. uh, Isn't it in the trailer for the new Batman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something in the way, man. Dark, dark fucking song, man. Like, seriously dark. It's that Nirvana Brooks. I don't know if you're really into grunge, um, mm-hmm. or if you got into Nirvana. Um, you were kind of how old were you in, in 1991? 91, I was six, mm-hmm. so you probably don't remember really. No, that anything. was yeah, I was not old enough yeah. to be aware of what was but, happening. Yeah, Nirvana's Nevermind, man. Pivotal album for me was really like I can't, I, I think I listened to nothing but Nirvana for like three years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the song you're talking about is Endless Nameless. Okay. That's the, yeah, it's right. a hidden track. Right. But, um, yeah, man, Nirvana's Nevermind is, I, that album means a lot to me for sure. That's an album I don't listen to like enough. That'd be all. an interesting, uh, battle between In Utero and, uh, Nevermind. See, I'm also, I'm in, Ooh. oh man, Ooh. that's tough. <laughs> that might be coming up. All right, man, dude. That no, that's a fucking um, that could have very easily made my list as well. Like I, I'm, I go deep with Nirvana, man. Like I remember discovering them. Um, 
I think I discovered them through that greatest hits that they put out with, uh, you know, you're right as mm-hmm. the opening track. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, such a fucking solid record, man. I, obviously it's like one of the most, um, everybody knows it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, all these albums really are like, there's like a reason they're popular, popular fucking albums, but, but this the reason, is what got us into it. Yeah. But their popularity is what got us into the <laughs> oh, yeah. music. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So my number one corn issues, um, this hit during a, I think I was like, what was corn issues? Like 99, something like that. So I was like eight or nine years old. And, um, I remember my brother playing it like all the time, uh, fucking falling away from me, make me bad. Somebody, someone, and somebody, someone is a, is a, is a style of the song that I was describing earlier where it's like, it starts out almost like chanty and stuff. And then it gets heavy, like only midway through, but it's like his voice. So iconic, like that wine and stuff. And I remember like an interesting story. So we had watched, I think um, it must have been a couple years after the album released because we were watching The Ring at my brother's apartment and he had a copy after we finished the movie. And that's like, this is partly the, partly the reason The Ring is always reminds me of Corn Issues because after we finished The Ring, he had a CD rack and uh, at the very top was Corn Issues and I totally lifted it from him and I stole it from him and like <laughs> took it home and like played it like all the time. Like, I don't even know if he, I've ever told him that, but I was like, yeah, I fucking... Well, he'll know pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> I totally fucking lifted his Corn Issues album. Here's a funny story, just because... And I can't believe I've never told you guys this. Have I told you guys that I... I used to work at the airport, mm-hmm. and I ran into Brian Head Welch. So Did I you? ran into him at the mm-hmm. airport. Super nice guy. Oh, yeah. Nice. He's super nice. It, well, and he... Um, we, remember, remember that time we saw him at the festival? Is he the one that went all religious? Yeah. 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 So we, uh, this dude comes up, and he's just like, hey, do you guys want to meet Head from Corn? And we were like, fuck yeah. And we were like, <laughs> you know, we're like fucking like stoned and drunk Oh, this was like shit. at the end of the night. Yeah. Tired. Like, the, the stadium was closing. They're like, yeah, Head's over there like just hanging out with people in the corner of the stadium right now we're like fuck let's go over there it was like on the concourse yeah and he's over there like <laughs> preaching and shit yeah yeah and he's was like he really oh yeah. for real yeah not yeah. like he was being a little preachy yeah we yeah. walked up and we were just like holy fuck it's head from corn and he's just like hey have, have you guys discovered christ and we were just like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i respect him though man. i do I'm too like, man that, that's no, a, like, it's a you know he walked away from something yeah. for something he believed in like i, I respect that and then he came back and like he's not judgmental about you know heavy music anymore. Absolutely, like, not that he, he ever was, but like he's not um, judgmental. He still plays in corn now. He came back and you know tours with bands who made corn you know, good again. I mean, let's be honest, they weren't the same <laughs> without him. I mean, that's true. Seriously yeah. though, they were like on a like self discovery for a couple albums. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention that like it's cool that he came back and now he tours with bands who don't share maybe his beliefs, yeah. but like, it doesn't matter. So yeah. And you got to yeah, respect that. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Brooks. What? I think number Brooks one. is done. I am done. I what think was Brooks your number? Oh, did you well, remember, number cause two? I said you guys, you, my number one was already on your list. Cause yeah. I was, I was having the, the Metallica debate. Oh yeah. And it okay. was both the albums you guys talked about. So oh, I okay. just skipped ahead. Okay. Yeah. So one of us was a poser. One of us was truthful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Also, <laughs> can we just acknowledge the fact that Travis didn't have Robin Zombie in his top three? Okay, so... <laughs> He's sweating. Well, right no, now. like, okay. So, I wanted... And this, I, I explained this to Brooks as well. So, Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe and White Zombie Astro Creep 2000 could have very easily taken that uh, top, that three spot. But, because of corn issues, I discovered that before, like Rob Zombie and stuff. I kind of like substituted that for Rob Zombie. So Corn Issues took that place as getting me into that style of music. And then number three, Tool was kind of like my self-discovery pick. So it's like no one introduced me to Tool. Like I found Tool. You know what I'm saying? And I thought, and I was like, for that reason, I think Tool has to make my list because like that got me into that. Um, that like self-discovery, almost o- OCD-ness of like, okay. Finding f- your own music. Yeah, I love, um, I love fucking Anima. Now I got to go check out Undertow. Like, you know, now I got to go check out like all this other stuff, you know, uh, all these other albums. 
like checking out their other stuff. Like, you know, and t- with Tool, it was such a like the packaging and stuff was so important. Mm-hmm. Like, you remember uh, Lateralis when you, or was that, was that Lateralis or was that, um, or it's 10,000 Days? Where it came with the, uh, like, the goggles almost. Yeah, 10,000 days. Yeah, 10,000 days where it came with the goggles, like, that you could look. And this was a CD, but the front of the CD, like, opened up. It opened up like an like a vinyl. And there were goggles, like, on the front that you could look at, like, this design and on the booklet. That's like, Tool's sick. always, like, been next level like that, you know, like. Yeah. But, yeah, so Tool had to be, like, in there as far as my self-discovery of music. Did you end up going to see them when they came around? No, I've never seen them, man. And that's fucked up. Yeah. They played at a festival two years ago. My buddy, my buddy, Chase Allen, you guys remember, you Mm -hmm. remember Chase Allen? Uh, He, he was like, uh, he hit me up. I think I had to work. He hit me up and he was like, Hey dude, I got a ticket. Like, if you want to go, I think it was in like Louisville. And I, I almost fucking went and just skipped out on work. But cause I'm pretty sure like Mike and Ryan and Mark went around. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, so that's our, uh, I guess that's our. All right, now the big enchilada. Yeah. The debate. We're 45 minutes in. We're going to get through this in hopefully 10 minutes minutes? without Uh any bloodshed between the three of us. Hey, some of these might not even take 10 minutes, though. Yeah. Um, Hey, this is going to be good. Dude, I'm fucking pumped for this. I've been preparing for this. Fuck yeah, these are fun. So, we're going to go track by track. Ooh, and pick which one's better. <sighs> that might take too long. So why don't, we're why gonna... don't we give like our overall thoughts on each album? So we're doing Slipknot's self-titled album versus Slipknot's sophomore LP, Iowa. Don't mm. you love how we're planning this on the fly? It's pretty. Yeah, good. it's all. Organic. I think it's good organic. that way, though. Yeah, I think it's this all episode's been good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us know in the uh, comments. Yeah. <laughs> in the ratings. If pretty. you don't like, five it, stars. Fuck five off. stars. Yeah, five stars. Yeah, if you don't have five if, stars, go fuck yourself. Yeah, if you don't like it, go listen to uh, the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. The Pet Shop Boys are good. Man. Also, go five star horrifying my friends. I like oh. Duran Duran, too. <laughs> <laughs> we just start crying to the kid. Uh, listen to us on our New Wave podcast. Yeah, we have Me a New Wave podcast. Just, it's like Travis and I just listening and crying to the Smiths. We do it secretly and nobody <laughs> yeah. else knows. Yeah. We just record it and share it amongst ourselves. Yeah. All right, boys, let's get back on track to the real uh, debate right now. We're starting with the very first debate, album versus album, Slipknot versus Iowa. All right, Brooks, you're on the clock. Go. Well, the way the re- way I took this was I wanted to compare kind of the arrangement of the albums, mm-hmm. and obviously my personal preference to songs on the album, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where I went with it. And I'm not gonna lie, I listened to both albums twice through today. Mm-hmm. Self titled takes it for me. Okay. And the reason being is I felt that it took me 10, 12, I'm trying to figure out. I like when I listen to the, the debut album, I feel this thing is almost perfect. Like, I feel like I don't have to skip anything. And what I really love about it is. They start the first intro track, the first track, the first actual track, sick. It just starts like so, so fast, just aggressive, just pounds your skull in right away. Mm-hmm. Here comes the pain. But in the same yeah. breath, and Iowa people equal shit does the same thing. But I felt like the 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 first five songs of the debut album, I don't think any, you can fuck with that. Because it was sick, eyeless, wait and bleed, surfacing, spit it out. I mean, you're five songs in, and you're just like going, God damn. Like, it's just unrelenting. And it's kind of like how we talked about with uh, the Corn self-debut earlier. They opened with Blind. It's like opening with Sick. It's kind of like, okay, the arrival the arrival of a group that will be here for the next 20 years. And You know what's awesome about Sick, too, is... Because I was like really trying to pay attention to how they started the album, mm-hmm. and I felt like when I was listening to Sick, within the first like thirty or forty seconds, I saw the whole range of Slipknot. 
Mm-hmm. You got the super fast drum. You got like the guitar lines. You had Corey screaming. Just like every, you had like the the turntable shit going on. Like every element that Slipknot can bring, they give it to you immediately at the start of Sick, mm-hmm. like in little pieces. And then, you know, fast forward twenty years, you know everything you know about Slipknot, and you're like, fuck, they gave it. They gave you their whole identity in the first 30, 40 seconds of their very first song. All right. And so, I thought that was dope. So it's a self debut for you. Yeah. But I think, but the, what I, what I think is also awesome about this album is like I said, like they first, they start out with like the first five songs, but then they get, they kind of take it down a notch at a couple spots. Like they have those first five songs and then they go to like tattered and torn, which is kind of like a, a slowdown prosthetics. But then, is my but, favorite song but on the then record, after so. they go to that, they turn it right back up for a couple songs, mm-hmm. and then they turn it back down again for prosthetic. So they almost give you like a couple breathers, and then they just hammer away at you right away again for like another three or four songs. Did the uh, and that's what I really dug about that. It was just like this big like wave, but then like it was very fat. Like it's super fast and aggressive all the way through, with like a couple moments where you can just go. Ooh, just take a break for like two minutes. Did the version you listened to have purity on it? Mm, I listen to whatever's on Spotify. Yeah. So, no. The purity wasn't on the um, original, but then they re-released it uh, on the deluxe edition. Purity is also kind of a slower song. It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about a girl that was buried alive. Yeah, so I read about that. Uh, do you want me to go next and then you can yeah, go finish ahead. it off? All right, so it's the debut for you, correct, Brooks? Yeah. Okay, it's a tough I mean, fucking. It's fucking decision, splitting man. hairs because yeah. like Iowa's amazing. It's a tough decision. Um, so I put like sur- uh, surfacing obviously with a debut. Like I made some notes. Surfacing, um, wait and bleed, spit it out. Um, prosthetics, my favorite tracks. But I felt like although those tracks were gold, that Iowa had a fresher, more modern, and less new metal feel about it. Um. Uh, I, and like Brooks, like I listened to both of these like all day, but, um, like I, th- I said that they are both great records, but I think that Iowa has a darker album content, like if that's even like possible and they are, it shows that they like grew as a band in my opinion, like that first album, I think, although those first five tracks are like great. I think that in Iowa, they really put it together with the people versus equal shit and disaster peace. Everything ends the heretic anthem. And then they end it on that 15 minute Iowa track. That sounds like something that like Sabbath would do. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of reminded me of like, um, and it's totally different songs, but it kind of reminded me of like what Pantera did, like on a, uh, ending with Sabbath's planet caravan, like back in, um, uh, fuck, what's that name of that album? Far Beyond Driven. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I felt like out, I feel like Iowa, like almost holds up better in today's music. But that's, it's got to be Iowa for me. Josh? This is the only correct answer, and it's Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and is decided. As, as I'm banned. Yeah. Day one. Uh, no, just kidding. But yeah, in my opinion, Iowa, um, just kind of bouncing off of what Travis said, I mean, Iowa is just straight just heaviness right it's almost in some aspects a death metal grindcore album uh-huh. um there's a lot of aspects to it in that regard <coughs> excuse me um yeah so i think also there's a lot of different things that they do on iowa that you know resonate with me more when it comes to liking more of a heavy sound self-title is extremely heavy Man, like songs like the Heretic Anthem, Disaster oh, yeah. Piece, yeah. you know, like songs like that. And it's also when I factor in, they put out the self-titled. Everybody was like, "Man, they're gonna go softer on their sophomore LP," and they said, "Nah." Yeah, and they put they, out something. Yeah, I can, I can definitely even agree heavier. with that. Like Iowa is definitely like way heavier. And if I'm yeah. not mistaken, I think like the band was like falling apart yeah. during that re- the recording of that, and I think like they were on the verge of like not knowing if they were gonna like be a band anymore and just like they put out this angry album that was just a culmination of you know not yeah it opens up with 515 and it's like just like a guy like screaming in anguish and shit yeah screaming death and it's uh sid yeah Yeah. uh, you know the dj 
Because they band. said that like somebody had died and he was having like a breakdown or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the story behind it. Is they recorded him just yelling death. Yeah. Um, but, but that whole album, man, like songs like the Heretic Anthem is just like not conforming to like nah. the mainstream and stuff like that. So, Peak Week was shit is my favorite album on either or my favorite rec- uh, song on either album. By the way, yeah. too, I have to point that out. I mean, Gently is incredible as well. Mm-hmm. The the last. You know the great song Iowa. You know, like you said, yeah. it's it's a cool writer into record. Yeah, like it really is. Yeah, it's a left behind skin ticket. Mm-hmm. Like, See, I'm not gonna lie. Like that Iowa, that long extended track at the end, kind of turned me off. Really? Like I, I just I I don't know. Like this is why Brooks hates Tool. I think it shows get on growth. with it. See, I think it shows growth <laughs> though. Like to me. Like uh, and I mean, we're probably running up against our time here, but no, I think it shows dead. the growth of the band. Like, um, and I think Corey Taylor's even said this, like in interviews and stuff. See, people th- like <laughs> I don't hate Slipknot. I lo- I fucking love Slipknot, but mm-hmm. uh, Josh and I just get in our like arguments about Slipknot and Corn. And stuff. I feel like you just like the troll more than anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like I think Corey Taylor's even said like um like that you can hear a lot of the anguish and stuff. Like you said, that band was going through turmoil, turmoil like. They were getting a lot more money, and they were all hooked on drugs. And it's like you can really hear that anguish, though, like in that in that second album, dude. Yeah. Plus the the cover, like yeah. just comparing the two covers. Come on. Like you can like I was just an album full of depression. Oh yeah. yeah. Was it you? Because I know when we went to see them in Iowa a couple few years ago. I don't know if it was you just like banking a joke, or if you read it or heard it from somebody else. It was, but it was like. Slipknot is always great when Corey Taylor goes through some shit, <laughs> or like somebody in the band goes through some anybody. shit. With anybody, you know, because music like, is always better when yeah, like Eminem. <laughs> I mean, like a metal band, you know, if everybody's happy and feeling great, you know, it's probably yeah. not going to be the best material. But yeah, and that's I'm not wishing anything bad at all. Like, I mean, I'd rather him be happy than have to go through stuff to put out good music. Yeah, w- what happened when they made? Uh, Sometimes that's weird, but kind. like, like. Metallica with Saint Anger like kind of proves disproves that for me. No though. shit. I think a lot of the uh, content on We Are Not Your Kind was you know a relationship mm-hmm. dissipating. And was he going through a divorce at the time or something? I, I, I don't remember. I think maybe he was. I think maybe there was some like content regarding like relationships falling mm-hmm. apart on that album. I fucking love that album too. By the way, Incredible I know that's album. like I know that's like. Uh, you know, not, not the topic uh, here, but it's universally acclaimed though. It's a yeah. great album. But oh, yeah. yeah, guys. Uh, so it's two to one Iowa against Brooks. I mean, I you can't I really lose. go wrong with either one. So let that's, us know what you guys well, that, think. That's why these debate. That's why these are good though, because there really are no wrong answers. I mean, you're mm-hmm. splitting hairs either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even yeah. if you guys are both wrong. Yeah, Iowa funny. was going to be my no- <laughs> Iowa was going to be my number two. Well, yeah, see, see, he, he I knew that it. was going to be his answer because, like, I I mentioned the same. I, I mentioned that Iowa it. trip, but like, I remember here us we did a lot of obviously the six hour car ride. Dude, there's a lot to talk about. I remember you saying that Iowa was probably definitely your favorite Slipknot album, but also might have been one of your favorite albums, like yeah, for in sure. your top five or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I was like, I fucking knew that was going to be your answer, but yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to say Iowa in your top three records. Cause I was like, God damn it. I hope he doesn't say that. Cause that'll be yeah. like, that'll leave like no suspense. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, keep on the lookout, subscribe, leave a rating, you know, leave a review, all the good stuff. Help us out. We're going to try and get some interviews on here too. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and bring a lot more content to the table. Overpromise, under deliver. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to. Um, <laughs> if we don't deliver, don't hate us. But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to try and you know do some cool segments and some maybe some album reviews here and there, talk mm-hmm. about some new, what's going on that's new in the scene and everything. So we appreciate everyone listening to the very first episode of the Guillotine Press. Um, stay tuned for more. Follow us on our social media channels. Um, whenever those have actually social media yeah. <laughs> names, we haven't put them together yet. But uh, on the next episode, we'll tell you where to follow us at. So and remember that people equal shit. Well, that's rude. No, it's not. <laughs> also, facts or feelings. Travis, we want to plug his other podcast, Horrifying My Friends. It's a great podcast if you're a horror fan, and uh, I know most heavy metal fans in general are horror fans. So. 
There's uh, a little crossover there. There's a big for crossover sure. with that. So uh, give that a listen. Um, is it at Horrifying My Friends or at HMF? At Horrifying. Um, fuck, I got to think about it. Yeah, at Horrifying <laughs> My Friends on uh, Facebook and Instagram and at Horrifying MF on Twitter. Yeah, so give them a follow. Give yep. them a, a good rating and leave some reviews on that as well. Fuck yeah. So uh, until next time, friends, have a good one. <laughs>